White Hot Magazine of Contemporary Art, since 2005, one of the world's leading institutions for contemporary art. Find us on the web at whitehotmagazine.com. I have a special guest on the program today. Her name is Lindsay Howard. She's head of community at Foundation, the NFT platform or site or however you want to think of an NFT platform. I guess we'll call it a platform. And she's a curator, a writer, a new media scholar based in New York City whose work explores how the internet is shaping art and culture. Her exhibitions focus on social dynamics and aesthetics within online communities, as well as transparency, hacktivism, I like that word, hacktivism, and collaborations between artists and technologists. Howard started her career by founding the exhibition program at 319 Shoals, an organization and collective of artists, curators, writers, hackers, coders, and activists based in Brooklyn, New York. Um, her first exhibition was Dump.fm IRL, which showcased work created by users of Dump.fm, an image-based chat room for real-time communication co-founded by artist Ryder Rips. Uh, of course, um, Ryder Rips was a guest on this podcast. You can scroll through the episodes and you can find Ryder Rips. He's also a really interesting artist. Um, Lindsay Howard curated Paddles On at Phillips, the inaugural digital art sales at major international auction house. The auctions focus on artists who have pioneered innovative monetization models that reflect the democratic values of the internet generation. Paddles On featured the first art website to ever be auctioned. Digital artist Raphael Rosendahl's ifnoise.com, which sold for $3,500 using the art website sales contract. Artist Petra Courtright used a view-based algorithm to price her video work, which resulted in her 24-second YouTube film selling for $3,200. Artist Molly Soda sold a YouTube webcam performance for $1,500. The New York Times wrote, Digital art has become an accepted part of every biennial and international art fair, but the form is still the punk rock of the art world. Lindsay Howard is a founding member of Deep Lab Cyber Feminist Research Project, along with um, a few others. She curated an exhibition of Deep Lab's work and a series of public programming at the New Museum in 2015. Lindsay Howard established an online commissioning program where she worked with artists Shia LaBeouf, Songling Chung, Ellis McDonald, and a few other artists. In 2016, she released a body of research called Temporary Highs, which looks at how the structure of the internet enables reward-seeking behavior in compulsive cycles of oversharing and consumption. 
Howard's writings examine the pleasure and anxiety of immediate gratification, as well as the constant search for validation, understanding, and connection. She was at the New Museum when they invited her to produce the 50th anniversary of experiments in art and technology with Nokia Bell Labs. She, um, yeah, I heard about her at the New Museum. I think it was called New Inc. Um, anyways, I thought I would just touch on her resume a little bit so you have some perspective on who the guest is. And, um, yeah, I was really excited to welcome her. Um, and we were basically, I was basically wanting to know something about her role as head of community at Foundation and her experience in the NFT world. I didn't say NFT space, but I guess you could say NFT space, NFT world. And uh, you'll, you'll hear the following conversation now on the White Hot Magazine Art World podcast. I'm your host, Noah Becker. So welcome to the podcast, Lindsay. I'm really happy that you could join me. Um, How are things going today? You're in New York City, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, I'm in Brooklyn. Things are going great. Thanks for asking Mm -hmm. and thanks for having me here. Mm. Yeah, I've heard of you before. This isn't the first time that I've heard your name that like I heard heard about you. I don't know, maybe like six or seven years ago or something. I, think I hope it's were... all good, Noah. Oh, yeah, it is good. Yeah, uh, it was. Um, I think you were working at the New Museum or something, or you were did a project at with a was it New Inc. Was it called? Yeah, I, I've popped around at a few different institutions and um, worked at galleries. Um, was at Phillips Auction House, working on some projects with them, and then the New Museum. So. Um, that's the life of an independent curator. Mm. Okay. And um, were you doing a lot of, uh, fit, I guess, a lot of physical art at that point, right? Yeah. So actually, I started my career really on Tumblr. Um, in 2008, when I graduated from school, I created a Tumblr blog as a way to just kind of aggregate a lot of images and poetry and different kind of materials I was finding online into one place. And that started to grow. And at some point, someone reached out to me and said, you know, I really like your aesthetic. Would you consider curating an exhibition at my gallery space? Um, And so I did that. And that really is what started my career. Um, Before that, I wasn't even sure what the word curator meant, Um, Mm. was very much um, an internet kind of nerd, but really into online communities and the aesthetics and social dynamics that were emerging from them. Um, so I've always been interested in this translation of digital into physical and then back again. I think Mm. the document documentation of physical work is also a really, um, fascinating kind of space Mm. for exploration. But now you're reading my mind because I didn't actually even ask you yet how you what how you were balancing these different worlds. But I've always known you as being tech kind of technology centric. Is that unfair? Or? I think that's totally fair. I um, you know, have always been really interested in the internet. I've you know originally was thinking about it when I probably 
oh God, 20, 25 years ago um, as being a more performative space. I remember creating different screen names and going into different AOL chat rooms and trying on different identities with my friends and I um, to kind of explore those spaces. And that was very um, foundational to my conception of the internet. No pun intended, foundational. No, foundational, exactly. Yeah. So you're at foundation, right? As I am. What, what I saw as being head of community, is that what your title there is? Or that's, the, that's the official uh, title, yes. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean exactly? So I work on a number of different things at foundation, including, um, you know, we have editorial and creator development, collector development, community support and trust and safety. So I'm helping our community thrive basically is what, is what the role is. Um, and so that comes into kind of helping creators tell their stories that comes in to collectors, kind of pairing them up with artists who they could be really excited about. And then in more broadly, just really looking at like community health, how people are interacting with each other um, it's kind of like being the host of a party. <laughs> mm. Like you, you want to make sure that the vibes are right, um, that people are connecting and, right. and having, having a good and healthy, productive time. By the way, to the people listening to this, that we're not on, you're not on Clubhouse. You're not on Instagram. You're, you're <laughs> listening to a podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting to the point where I can't figure out what platform I'm on from one minute to the next. Where are we, Noah? I don't even you know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's just all sort of merging together into sort of one video, audio, visual experience on multiple platforms. I don't know. That's just my feeling. It really is. And I think each of those spaces kind of have their own dynamics, which is really interesting, whether you're on Discord or Twitter or Instagram. Or right. Spotify. But then there's the decentralization aspect. Mm -hmm. um, now, I have to remind you that I haven't been involved in NFT stuff for very long, but I, it just feels like I kind of really got involved in it a lot after selling some NFTs and, and also communicating with a lot of different people who do NFT work. So um, when I start talking about technical things like decentralization and that kind of stuff, I'm like a complete novice at it. Could you explain to people who are listening a little bit more about all of this? You know, I think to some degree, we're all novices. Um, this is such an emergent space and it's so early. It truly is just the beginning. And that's something that I really like to remind everyone about um, because I think there can be a feeling of like the ship has sailed. Like it's already been decided that this is the blockchain and these are the rules and this is how it's going to work. And that really couldn't be further from the truth. Um, and that's, you know, speaking mm -hmm. to decentralization one of the things that I think is so exciting about it is that this really is such a collaborative collective um, who are developing all of these things in real time. And I've heard so many artists in the last few months say the internet finally feels fun again. Mm. And I think that that really comes back to um, this, a sense of, mm, well, collectivism for sure. So, you know, as opposed to kind of a competitivism. And uh, also I think there's kind of a new autonomy 
where you can actually see the impact of you and your peers coming into this mm -hmm. space, advocating for your work, for other artists' work, kind of mm. changing the narrative. Like it's malleable, which I think mm. is really cool. Mm. What do you think about as you know, like on an aesthetic basis or a contemporary? Because you have some contemporary art uh, experience. You're one of the people that I sort of see as kind of like almost kind of being an art world person. Um, not so much a NFT person, but an art kind of an art world person, specializing in sort of tech, I guess, or working in a lot of that, but aesthetically it seems like there's different rules and there's kind of there's been a lot of controversy about like the 20th century art world versus the nft world and i was a little bit hesitant about it at first but what do you think about the the kind of the interaction between the auction houses and the galleries and the nft world yeah, I think that the contention kind of makes for good headlines, but that's not really yeah. what I'm seeing on the ground. Um, and especially on foundation, one of my goals is really to be a space where we can welcome both crypto native artists to the platform, as well as mm. contemporary artists who are maybe painters or photographers or digital artists. Right. Um, and see them intermingle. Mm. And what I have found is that there's actually this really kind of rich, um, I want to say like enmeshment or something. I'm making a hand gesture you can't see mm. right now, but like a kind of co-mingling mm. of the different worlds and ideas. And I think they're very mutually beneficial to each other. Uh -huh. um, and so I don't, I don't see them as be as kind of like beating heads. I kind of see them more as like, you know, the crypto native folks really have such a deep knowledge and understanding of this currency and of the ecosystem, which right. is very complex and layered. And I think artists who are coming in, especially the ones who are kind of a little more tuned to maybe conceptual art, really want to dig in on all of those layers. And then those crypto native artists are helping them do that. And then some of those artists also want to have more kind of institutional credibility by, you know, maybe being connected mm. with gallerists or um, having a relationship with an auction house. And right. I'm just seeing like a really kind of fruitful commingling happening right now, actually. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just becomes like kind of a different scene, at least for contemporary artists of the traditional, the 20th century kind of art is that um, if somebody's getting like a million dollars for a piece and then suddenly they do an, a, uh, an NFT and it doesn't sell at all, which I've seen, and then other people that are completely unknown in the contemporary art scene are getting amazing. I mean, it's not all about price, obviously, but um, I just think it's really interesting, the difference in uh, the two sort of worlds. And then I got to the point where I just sort of stopped seeing the difference. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I stopped creating boundaries. Mm. And it seemed really logical to just kind of open up and not, and just see it all as like one art world. I love that. Because there are a lot of, I mean, almost every artist that I know from the quote unquote art world is, is in the uh, NFT world as well at this point. One of the artists I've been working with, Andrew Benson said at one point, um, 
if you're a kind of blue chip artist coming into the space for the first time, kind of treat it like you're moving to a new town. Mm. So you can assume that some of your reputation will precede you, but you still need to go out and meet people and talk to them and kind of figure out who you are in this new space um, mm. with them. And I thought that that was a really apt metaphor. I'm more like the Ferris Bueller leaning against my forehead against a window or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to metaphor that, but I hear what you're saying. So now what I want to know from you is yeah. um, what are you working on? Is there something that people don't know you're working on that you can talk about without compromising the secrecy of your event? <laughs> Um, so one of the coolest things that just happened recently is on Friday, um, one of my favorite artists, Itzel Yard, um, collaborated with the Tor Project to release mm. a new NFT, and it sold for $2 million. Oh, right. Is, that, is that IX Shells? Exactly, yes. So she goes by X Shells and then um, Itzel Yard. Because that's yeah. exactly who I'm talking to when I record the next podcast after you. Oh, amazing. Yeah, she's she's mm -hmm. so great. Um, so we worked on that auction together and her piece sold for um, over $2 million. And right. that, that now makes her the uh, top selling woman in the NFT space. And I also looked up auction records for women or female contemporary artists in the kind of more traditional auction houses. And that puts her on par with a lot of major contemporary artists as well. So mm. I would say that that's probably the most exciting thing that's happened recently. It felt like it was- um, I'll say. Yeah, <laughs> it felt like it was really, um, you know, obviously breaking a glass ceiling that existed um, for, for women artists in the NFT space. And it also, I think, just really showed the potential and kind of speaks to what I was saying earlier about like the malleability of this, which is that we don't necessarily have to carry over the values of what we could call the traditional art world. Like there's actually space here to create new cultural paradigms mm. and we're, that's actively happening like all the time. <laughs> um, and this one just happened to be particularly meaningful. Um, we were all like in a clubhouse room as the auction was coming to a close, people from the tour project, it's a bunch of people from the community and a bunch of us were crying. <laughs> it was just, um, you know, it just, you could really feel this um, connection, artist to artist, to curators, to collectors, just in the room, mm. felt like we were really build, building something that had a lot of meaning and a lot of weight to it. Like you could really feel the significance of the moment. Mm. Um, and I can't remember feeling quite so moved, um, you know, in the kind of traditional art world, at least not at any point recently, but um, not to compare the two, but, <laughs> you know, I think that that um, the opportunity for that to happen is pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I do a lot in the traditional art world, or I kind of, it's hard to, somebody called it the 20th century boomer art world, but I'm not really, <laughs> I I, that far. <laughs> somebody went a little too far, but um <laughs> I mean, the art world is an easy target, sitting duck, you know, it's easy to complain about the art world and it's been done. It's not very original, it's been done. So what I'm thinking is everything is just one big art world. Because when people try to criticize the NFT um, world, I would say like, look, you know, these are artists. 
there's an awful lot of them, but they're still artists. And some of them are artists that are friends of mine. So it's kind of a nice interaction. Um, but enough about me. Uh, I had some other things I was interested in. Um, so the IX Shell's $2 million NFT was minted on something called, did you say Tor Project? So Tor Project is a um, privacy tool, basically, so that people, it's a browser mm. so that people can access the internet um, privately and, and safely. So you, you wouldn't have trackers or surveillance. And they came to me after they saw the Snowden auction um, that I produced a, a month. Oh, right, all oh, right, right, right. The, the Tor, Tor project, Tor, right. The, yeah, so Edward isn't that the dark web? Um, you know, I don't know if that- Okay, is. I'm not gonna put you on the spot about that. <laughs> go ahead, keep going. Um, yeah, so um, I produced an auction um, with the Freedom of the Press Foundation and uh, to benefit the Freedom of the Press Foundation in collaboration with the president of their board, Edward Snowden. Um, oh. And that piece sold for $7 million, um, mm. which makes it the third highest selling NFT of all time. Mm. And the first, the first two are Beeple, Beeple and Beeple. Right. Um, and so after that, I um, started to get uh, some emails from Tor Project and they, you know, were friends of Freedom of the Press Foundation and they reached out and said, you know, we're trying to do fundraising because we're trying to promote our privacy tools and, um, you know, kind of talked through their mission and, and how the funds would really impact the work that they do. And the more we started to talk, I realized like their mission would really resonate with people who are in the crypto community and it seemed like a really great fit. Um, so as we were talking about what the piece is that they were going to release, um, they actually mentioned Ixchels or Itzel um, mm. as an artist they wanted to collaborate with because they had heard an, inter heard an interview with her. Um, mm. And I was thrilled about that because I was a big fan of Itzel. So um, they partnered together and um, the funds from that auction benefited to our project. And um, yeah. Made, it, it, and made history in the process made history and you know both the Edward Snowden piece and <coughs> excuse me um, both the Edward Snowden piece and the um, Excel's piece went to Pleaser DAO okay um, which is a kind of collective of individuals who um, came up through the DeFi space mm -hmm. <coughs> oh um, the DeFi space that's interesting. And decentralized finance, yeah. Okay. And, um, and they, I know, like from interviewing them, that they're really interested in these, um, in collecting pieces they believe should belong to the people, as they say. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of like high value, very culturally significant uh, projects that tend to um, donate to a good cause. Um, and so that was that was the case for both of those big auctions and. Did you have a feeling that it was going to auction for a large price like that? Um, I think based on my experiences with auctions, you kind of can set the stage for something and you can do the pre-work to make sure that collectors are aware that it's happening, but you never know exactly what's going to happen <laughs> until 
until um, uh, the gavel falls or <laughs> until those last couple of hours um, on the countdown on foundation start coming in. Um, and of course, you know, you want, you want it to work, you want to see it happen, but you never really know and, until um, it does. And obviously it, itself is an incredibly talented artist. She's very active in the community. Um, she runs a collective called Creative Code Art. So she's really been an active um, like promoter of generative art in the NFT space. So I knew she had a lot of support. I knew that Tor project had a lot of support. It kind of seemed like it had the makings of a successful auction, but yeah, you never really know until it happens. Mm. Yeah, that's, uh, that would be exciting. Um, yeah, so I've been involved in curating some stuff recently. I have something opening tomorrow at Chainsaw NFT. Oh, cool. and, yeah, do you know them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, visit that. That's like an eight artist group show. And I'm working on some other big shows that I'm collaborations with sites and uh, platforms. And uh, we actually started releasing White Hot Magazine covers as NFT covers on Foundation of all places. I saw, yeah. yeah. So it's been really good and really interesting. And uh, everybody's been really supportive. Um, and then um, are you involved in the auctions that have happened at all? Have you been following the, uh, the auctions? Um, which auctions? Which ones? Uh, I think there was a Sotheby or there's going to be another Sotheby's auction or there's also there was also the CryptoPunks auction. Did you follow any of that? Yeah, I was going to say there are so many auctions in my life these days. <laughs> <laughs> Foundation is one, run, yeah, right? one long running auction. Exactly. Um, auctioned out. <laughs> um, but it's oh, God, they're so fun, though. Right. It's like. Mm -hmm especially if I'm bidding on a piece, it's like I can't schedule any meetings during the last hour because it's just so exciting to watch them kind of play out and it doesn't get old. Um, you know, the first uh, project I did with Phillips in 2013 was a digital art auction. And that was in New York and then in London. And that was the first time that an auction house had done an exclusively digital art sale. Mm. And so at that time, I was really interested in creating public pricing records for animated GIFs, online performances, art websites, generative art, um, all these kind of things that seemed sort of immaterial and um, impossible to sell. Mm. <laughs> um, and that sale, I think, was very eye-opening for me to move from working in a project space and kind of more DIY um, aspects of the art world to go into really like the belly of the beast and, right. and see how um, major auctions are coordinated. And my takeaway from that at the time was really that the power of the auction house is PR muscle. And so whatever kind of story was happening in a more low key way in project spaces or kind of distributed in a number of different um, galleries over the US and all over the world, the auction kind of tied it all together and then created this press just like storm, which I think really 
affected the way that those pieces were marketed. A number of those artists got picked up by galleries right away. And it really was like throwing gasoline on, on the kind of digital art market at the time. And so that's the sort of lens that I have when I'm looking at these sales is that if executed well, I think that they can really accelerate whatever's happening, happening right now and be a boost for the artists who are involved. Um, I, you know, time will tell like the auction house's commitment to this work and the gallery's mm -hmm. commitment to this work, like whether they will stick with it over time. Um, I think at Phillips, it was more of like, this is a kind of initiative. We're gonna test out a few times. Um, and then some of those artists snuck into the contemporary art sales, but some didn't. So right. I'm, I'm curious to see how, it's a little too early to say, mm. is what I'll say. I'm curious to see how it plays out, but I'm um, going to be cautiously optimistic for the moment yeah. and hope that it, it helps um, kind of elevate the conversation and broaden the conversation mm. and um, allow access for more people. Mm. And uh, what would you say to someone who just minted their first NFT on foundation, how if, if they want to be successful at it and get big prices or just be an ongoing thing, how, what would you say to them? I really encourage artists to plug into the community, which I know can be challenging for some folks, others it comes very natural, but I think it's a really essential part of this that kind of makes NFTs unique compared to other aspects of the art world. Um, it's kind of, well, I guess it's kind of the equivalent of like showing up to your friend's openings and then they show up to your opening. Mm -hmm. um, with this, I think it's important to pop into Discord. It's important to tweet about not just your own work, but other artists' work as well. And to show that you are, um, an active member who's contributing meaningfully really matters a lot. I, I've seen that play out. Um, there are some artists who do kind of tweet threads where they highlight their favorite um, artists or artworks and those tend to go viral. Um, and that's great publicity for the artist who did the original, the original tweet. Um, I've seen artists kind of start their own clubs on Clubhouse around certain kind of niche categories within the NFT space. So there's an NFT photography club, which mm. has just grown rapidly and they created their own scene basically, which I thought was super cool. Mm. Um, so if, if you have the personality type to kind of create your own thing, and even if it's with just three or four other people, I think that's a great way to start. Um, if you're more on the shy side, then I say like plug into some of those communities, look right. for them and, and see how you can, you can support and get involved. And, um, yeah, I think if, if you skip out on the community aspect, you're really missing an important mm. part of what it means to be part of a decentralized, um, network and community. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when did it, when the Beeple thing happened, I guess, is when I first started hearing about it as kind of like a a household thing. Um, when did when did this when was really the first NFT like auction? When did it really on at least in the way we know it online? I so for foundation, I think the first kind of major sale that we had was with Nyan Cat. Um, the creator of that meme, Chris Torres, had uploaded Nyan Cat on YouTube ten years ago. And it's had over 
90 million views on YouTube since then. And he was interested in minting Nyan Cat as an NFT um, on foundation in order to kind of celebrate that anniversary to see what would happen. Um, and that, at that point, there hadn't been memes in the NFT space. It was all kind of original um, artworks. So, you know, we thought there's a, you know, this piece is amazing. It's a really incredible work of art. Um, the kind of composition and colors and, you know, Chris's perspective and the kind of context he had around it. There was just so many elements that were interesting. And when that went up for auction, um, gosh, was that late February or early March? Um, it sold for $600,000. And that was really a watershed moment for foundation, for the NFT space, and really for memes. And after that, we started to see a lot of meme creators come into the space. And it really just started to broaden like what was possible for NFTs. And that's something I'm really interested in. I, I like that there's now a meme category I like that there's kind of political activist category with Edward Snowden and the Tor project and Pussy Riot. I like that there's a music category. Um, you know, it's really, it's really starting to expand and uh, the possibilities just feel endless right now. That's great. Well, I won't take up your entire day as much as I would love to talk to you till tomorrow morning. Um, I think, uh, people are going to be extremely happy to hear you talk. And I, I feel like it's been a huge honor uh, to have you on the show today. Um, and uh, it would be great to uh, keep in touch over the next little while. Likewise, Noah, thank you so much for having me. This was really great. Mm -hmm. Have a wonderful day and I'll talk to you soon. You too. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. If you like contemporary art, check out whitehotmagazine.com for the best art in the world. Also follow Noah Becker on Instagram at New York Becker. See you around the art world.